Hello, and welcome to Life in Their Sandals. This is a podcast where we dive deep into the lives of biblical people to determine how we should live as Christians today. I'm your host, Chris McGrath, and today we have the great opportunity to talk about Jesus and his time in the Garden of Gethsemane immediately following the Last Supper that he shared with his disciples. After that time of fellowship and the first communion with his disciples, Jesus then led them into the Garden of Gethsemane, which was located at the Mount of Olives just outside of Jerusalem. This was a place where Jesus would often retreat for prayer and meditation. At this point, Jesus knew that his arrest and his crucifixion were going to happen. He had made it all the way to right now the penultimate moment where he would have to face the greatest challenge he would face yet, which was just truly if he were going to surrender his will to the ultimate will that he was created for and manifested on the earth for which would be to die for the sins of humanity. Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him apart from the other disciples and went further into the garden. Jesus began to feel great distress and sorrow as he fully understood the weight of the task ahead to bear these sins of humanity and to face the feeling of separation from God that he would. Jesus tells his disciples, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Jesus then would pray, Father, if it is possible, take this cup from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Not my will be done, but your will be done. Jesus then would go back to his disciples and he found them sleeping. Jesus understood the moment, but his disciples clearly did not. Their lives were going to be shaken up in just a few moments. He urged them to stay awake and to pray, but they were just overcome with exhaustion and fell back asleep. Jesus would return to pray two more times, each time expressing his surrender to God's will, even saying that the spirit was willing, but the flesh could be so weak. Jesus, the last time he returned to his disciples, asked them why they slept, but to rise and pray. And while he spake, the Bible says, a multitude drew near. And the scripture also says in the book of John that Jesus went to meet Judas, and with Judas were the officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they came with lanterns, torches, and weapons. They came with Roman soldiers. Jesus, upon seeing so many of the familiar faces that he had sparred with in the temple, asked them who they're seeking, and they say they seek Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus then said to them, I am he. And when he said, I am he, they fell backward. Jesus also, when speaking to Judas, was given a kiss by Judas to further mark who it was that they were seeking. After this moment of Judas signifying Jesus and betraying him with a kiss, and Jesus telling them who he was and it causing them to fly backwards, Peter lunges out with a sword and cuts the ear off of one of the soldiers. This man named Malchus stood there stunned, and Jesus picked up his ear, placed it back on his head, and told Peter, to allow what's going to happen to happen. Because at the end of the day, if Jesus needed to, he could call a legion of angels to protect him. But he's choosing not to, because he's surrendering to the ultimate will of God. Jesus also questioned the authorities about their use of force, why they had come out with swords and staves. Because every day he had been teaching in the temple, and they could have just arrested him there. Jesus, after asking this, was apprehended. They took him and they bound him. And they led him away 
and as he was leaving, the disciples scattered and fled with a fear of self-preservation. Jesus was bound and then led to Annas first, as the book of John records, and then later he would be led to Caiaphas, and then, of course, Pontius Pilate, Herod, back to Pontius Pilate. We will talk more about that in the next episode, but we'll leave off the narrative here and discuss some of the takeaways that we can gather from this moment of Jesus in the garden. I think the first takeaway, the most prominent thing that we should gather from this narrative of Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane is this. Jesus exhibited ultimate surrender to God's will. And again, it's not, as I've said many times, but I feel the need to defend this point theologically. It is not a person in the Godhead praying to another person in the Godhead, but it is Jesus calling into submission his fleshly desire of self-preservation that we can see evidenced by the apostles. Jesus was no less a man than Peter or James or John. He had the same desire to preserve himself, but through great distress, through great discipline, and through ultimately a heart submitted to the things that are everlasting and eternal, Jesus was able to get his flesh in line to be able to become the sacrifice for humanity. He knew fully the immense difficulty of the task before him, but chose to align himself with the plan that had been put in place before the world began. Today, we can learn so much from this example. And although we will not face a cross physically, perhaps, we will face a cross. We will face a crucifixion. There will be people who, although they might not do it in a physical sense, will nail our hands and our feet, who will mock us and brutalize us. We will face trouble. Whether we want to or not, it's going to happen if you align yourself with the cause of Christ. Because as he said, it is up to everyone to pick up their cross, deny themselves, and to follow him. If Jesus wasn't willing to do this, he couldn't ask us to do it. But he was able to walk that road to Calvary, and he wasn't forced to do it, but he did it voluntarily. When they showed up in that garden, he was already walking towards them because he wanted to give his life for my sin and your sins. Another point that we can make from this narrative is just the overall importance of prayer and seeking the presence of God. We can seek solace and strength through prayer when we make our own garden of Gethsemane, when we take the time to take this place that is beautiful, this place that is restful, and turn it into a place of self-denial and submission. Jesus took this garden and created a grave so that today our graves could be turned into gardens when we pray. It's not just a song that we sing, but it's truly what can happen. Jesus can take the dead things in our life and make them alive again. There are so many great things that we have studied and can learn from Jesus's moment in the Garden of Gethsemane, but the most important is this, that when it came down to it, Jesus was willing to be obedient above anything else. Despite the short-term benefits, despite things that would be done for his good, right? It was an act of selflessness to die for us. He didn't need to do it for his own safety because he was God, but he did it for ours. Obedience and selflessness are the two words that we can find from this narrative. And it's something we have got to be called and committed to accomplishing every day in our lives. Hope you enjoyed talking about this narrative. Tune in next time. We are going to talk about Caiaphas, Pilate, Herod, and the trials that Jesus would go through. I hope you tune in next week. We will be talking about someone who is very integral to the story of the Bible, and I know that you will enjoy it. 
Hope to see you next time. But in the meantime, be blessed. Have a great week.